today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Friday, 11.30, that means Tech Talk with uh, Adam Oldfield, of course, brought to you by our good friends at Hamilton Limousine. And uh, Adam, of course, the president and CEO of FPM and FPM3 Marketing is with us here in studio. How have you been? You know what? I- I'm in very well. I've been very well. You know, I'm in, I'm in the middle of a, a renovation in the basement side of things and, you know, kind of trying to get the home all p- spiffied up because, you know, Hamilton home market's hot. So I got, got a beautiful home, so just spending a lot of time working on that. You have, uh, you have a... Uh a, a, a heritage home, really. I have don't a heritage you? home. Yeah, you know what? Uh, heritage is a euphemism for expensive. <laughs> In the city of Hamilton, our homes have character, and you know what? And boy, is there ever some character that needs a lot of love and attention. Yeah. So you, uh, know. you know what that means? I went through. We used to old and old home too, and, and God bless. I mean, because I, I, I love old architecture and stuff like that, and pocket doors. Those things are all great. Yeah. But when they say the house has character, but three months after you move in, you're saying, "Yeah, I wish I could get my hands on the character that built this thing." <laughs> Because uh, it can be a little frustrating yeah. sometimes because they didn't build them like that uh, back in the old days. They didn't build uh, things like uh, old basements that don't leak and things like that. You know, but I got this home all set to go to make it my quote-unquote home. And uh, and as I keep going, I'm like, wow, this home's becoming a lot more uh, challenging to make it such a homely home. But you know what? I mean, we're you finding You love solutions. it. You guys love it. Yeah, it is. You know, I love the area. One thing I love about, and this is, again, I think we talked about it. I set my agency You're right in the heart of the city. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I'm four blocks from my office, which is great. I mean, I travel quite a bit. And, you know, but I love this city for what it is. I love the people. I've been here since, oh boy, 96, I think I came and uh, began at CHML and worked in the promotions. And then I started FPM Marketing in 03. And then I've just, you know, I just love the city. I love the character. I love the people. They're friendly. It's my neighbors are amazing. I mean, I got some of the interesting neighbors and, and they're great because, you know, everyone gets along. And that's one thing I just I, I have to say is Hamilton has definitely got it's improving, but I don't think it was ever broken. I think it's just, you know, we're, we're, we're redefining a lot of investments and stuff like that in the city. My, my street, I'm on Victoria. It's it's completely changing. I mean, the whole uh, area is getting improved. The city's done a, a phenomenal job as far as improve. And you know, I'm usually a great guy to complain. So I'm sure there's a lot of council people scratching their head. Matthew Green himself is going, "You're kidding me, Adam." But truthfully, he's really done. He's he's done a decent job. They all have in regards. You know what to I notice it. in your neighborhood, like, down Victoria there. And you can always tell when, when something really cool is happening because you'll see uh, dumpsters out front. Yes. Which means people are saying, you know what, we're going to do the runner, we're going to fix this thing up, and we're going to make right. it work. And it's, it's happening. So it's, it's a great success story. Exactly. Here's a game I play. Okay. When I'm driving up the Jolly Cut, all right? And you know when you do that last turn and you're about to head up there for the, you know, where there's a stoplight there at Concession Street, yep. right? You want to say, okay, which way am I going to go? Because uh, you don't want to stop at the red light. And, and as you know, you can veer off to the right there if you're going on to Concession yeah, Street or you can go straight ahead. But even if I want to go straight ahead, I, I still think, am I going to go straight ahead or I'm going to veer off so I don't have to hit the red light? So you, if it's, it's a game. Okay, is it going to turn red? Is it going to turn white? And, and what I do is I watch my, my tip, by the way, for all of you drivers right now, uh, look at the walk sign. You know, if yep. it starts flashing, that means Yellow. that's about to turn red, so I'm going to go the other way. But now that, now that you've got a car that will actually tell me when it's going to turn red? You know what? Yes. In fact... I don't uh, need to play this little game anymore? Th- no. There is going to be a new feature that is going to be available in all of our cars. So uh, we got Mike Jaycock asking, what's the topic? I'm about to get to it. That little flashing light that you are actually uh, uh, referencing is now going to have available to you to, to show you when the red light's going to happen. So one of the things we always do is exactly that. Flash, flash, flash. 
flash. Some of the streets have the countdown. Yeah. But as you're driving, you're looking left to right, and you're going, when and where should I hit the brakes and otherwise? Well, guess what? Now your car, the Cadillac specifically, has the ability to actually know when streetlights are going to be changing. Very similar to the technology that actually knows what the car next to you is going to do. This is actually quite interesting. The new element is now connecting to our uh, municipal technology that's going to tell the cars, hey, the light's going to change. Please be advised, start to break. It's, it's, this is all part of this sequence of autonomous driving. And then this is already going on because Cadillac already has this, don't Cadillac they? has it right now. It's set up right now with, a, it's called V2I, Vehicle to Infrastructure. And right now, all the systems talk to each other in regards to a mainframe within the municipalities of how the lights work. Well, this is just taking that information from the mainframe and feeding it directly to your car. Uh, classroom, I mean, school year is almost over. I get <laughs> yes, that. that's right. You're but this is really cool because eh? you've talked oftentimes on the program here about facial recognition. Yes. Now teachers can use this to find out whether or not Adam's paying attention in class. You know, thank God I am the age I am. And I can tell you I'm now teaching versus now the class. I never paid attention. Many didn't. In France, they actually have facial recognition that will actually keep a record of whether or not you're paying attention in class. A little monitor sits and keeps note of how you're looking down when the teacher speaks. Are you looking at the teacher? How are you paying attention? And they are going to use this when you're doing your classroom review with your uh, with the parent-teacher interviews. They'll be able to say, we can show you a percentage of exactly how much your, stu- your child is paying attention. It's in the private schools right now, but they're talking about rolling it out into the public school system. Uh, let's talk about going to public sporting events, okay, because this is a really yep. cool story. I, 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 I'll give you a 10-second story. Years ago, when you were still working in promotions here, That's you and right. I took the train with the Tiger Cats up in right, Montreal. Yes. Remember that? Yes, of course. Uh, to the Olympic Stadium to watch yep. the football game. And we're sitting there enjoying the game, and I'm looking up, on, and they're on the big screen in the stadium. There's Adam! <laughs> and, and you were just, you know, rocking and cheering and going Tiger Cats right. and Oski Wee Wee and everything. This is really kind of neat. And it forgot about the fact that there were actually cameras that scan the crowd at these events, right? That's right, yes. And now the, in the UK, they actually were using facial recognition to, to spot somebody in the crowd? You know, it's been announced, and I think we even brought it up on Tech Talk before that the authorities have the ability to have facial recognition. Yeah. So when you do your fingerprints or you actually do, uh, you know, commit a crime for whatever purpose, it actually has a record of this. This record is now being used in a database that actually is, and for the first first time ever, market in 2017 at the Champion League game, the UK authorities actually had their facial recognition recognition system notify them that there was someone with a warrant out on arrest. They, they spotted a bad guy. They, they spotted were a bad guy, yeah. In, and in this crowd at the soccer championship. What blows my mind is their total database is 500,000. That just really kind of goes, wow, there's a lot of like criminals or, or warrant of notices of individuals that basically are on a, on, a ra- on a list. So at the end of the day, you look at this and you go, wow, but they've used it identified the individual. He was just walking past to go to the game and they brought up a warning signal, warrant out, and they arrested the gentleman. So first time facial recognition has been used in the case of, uh, well, So they, they used this, they, they applied this program, obviously, and, yep. and this is just a random shot of, of people walking into the stadium. Yeah, it's... Uh, and, and it's like, eh, eh, well, you, knew, you know this guy. When you turn on your camera with selfies, you'll see that there's little circles that identifies faces. Yeah. And then it zooms in. That's almost what this technology is doing. It's going through... 
multiple thousands of faces at once and matching it to a database and connecting it to say, you know, is this face recognized on so many uh, on so many levels? Now, there's multiple camera angles. It's not just one angle because you can imagine, you know, well, do they have to be face on? There's actually camera postings, especially in the UK. They've got cameras on almost every angle. Oh, well, they were one of the world leaders of closed circuit right. cameras. That's right. So now they've got multiple angles, those multiple angles, then cross-reference and then validate. That's how they actually did it. What's going on with drones these days? Well, you know, we've heard a lot about how drones are changing worlds in thir- in, 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 uh, over in Europe and, and in, in third world countries where we can send food and medical supplies and, and sort of a, a military case. The new one, though, is in the West Coast specifically, we have a very big issue with trees. And so now there's a new company. It's called Drone Seed. This is actually kind of interesting. It takes one person working backstakingly human-wise 800 trees over two acres average for planting trees. This new system by Drone Seed actually can now uh, plant up to 3,500 trees and it controls up to 15 different drones at one time. And what happens is these drones will fly over top of the fields and be able to air blast. It's like an air gun. And it just fires seeds into the ground, followed by another drone that flies above it and sprays and more or less fertilizes these tree seeds. So the bottom line is that we could see a real big difference in respects to being able to to uh, uh, regenerate our, our forestry in the in the market. This is this is kind of amazing when you think about what they're able to do with this. Incredible stuff. We're talking about Facebook. We talk about Facebook just about every week here on the program. Uh, and somebody mentioned a couple of weeks ago, but uh, poking. Uh, yeah, and, poking. I, and I, I, I said I don't think they do it anymore. It's still available. I guess it's just I don't hear anybody using it anymore. Well, you know it exists, but it's kind of buried in there. I get poked every so often. I really never understood poke. I think it's kind of one of those hey you know instead of saying hey you're kind of poking them if you've noticed on your facebook if you visit one of your friends now there's a little button to the left of it and it's got a little waving sign you'll see little hands and it will actually if you if you click it it will actually say hello to the person so the person that you click will actually bring a little warning adam says hello and uh that's one of these new features so if now you used to be annoyed by pokes you could just bury them now you're gonna be sitting there going oh god everybody's saying hello to me kind of like you know how, how many times do you need to say hi so i think to me it's a testing market they're bi- piloting this out but it's rolling out right now if you check anyone's profile on facebook you can actually click a button and go hi Without actually writing anything, it just waves at them. How often do you still use Facebook? Um, you know what? I use it quite a bit. I know. I know you do in business. Yeah, I mean, we're on right now. We're live sure. on Facebook currently. Um, but you know, as far as the market of where I use it in the agency at FPM, we we normally. Are, are integrating it more with the older demographics. So between 35 to 64 is where it's really key right now. I'm, the, I'm, the, the Candy Crush generation. The Candy Crush generation <laughs> are all over Facebook. Yeah. But you know what? It is extremely easy. It's simple to connect. They've obviously done a phenomenal job. We've heard about all these things they're doing. I mean, minus all the weird stuff with stories and Snapchat copying and stuff like that. Um, from a purpose of, of Facebook, I mean, I kind of hop in it. In regards to connecting with a lot of my uh, with a lot of people I know, but one thing I haven't really seen Facebook be able to do effectively is still connect on the business market. It's really been a problem. And again, we're all on Facebook for the purpose of 
enjoying each other's company. It's done a great job in that regard. What it's really failed at is real is, is identifying what is it that person wants to buy. They have yet to master that, and they're trying. And it's it's really they've got a lot of work to do. It's got too many limitations. Well, and and we've talked in both of the pop-ups and how they're identifying. They're basically tracking what you're you're trolling for too, and 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 you you see the result in that. But is it not manifesting itself in in revenue for them? Well, the, it is. I mean, it's one of their big revenue uh, cakes. But they've got the same problem that Google had, and that is they're running ads in cases of where you don't know what the content may be shared with. In most cases, it's a lot more streamlined than what Google had. But I I mean, I can speak to all the people on Facebook right now talking about using Facebook as it is. The most annoying thing I think Facebook just started was putting an ad in the middle of a live broadcast, and they actually say an ad will start in the next 15 seconds, and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I just... I was in the middle of watching something, and now all of a sudden it's like I got to watch an ad. And I mean, I can, I'm speaking on behalf of everyone right now on Facebook and everybody listening to CHML right now. I'm surprised if you would stick it out that commercial because is that video that critical that you would find it attentive to want to sit and watch it? They haven't figured out. Whereas YouTube, they make you watch the ad for the first 15 seconds before you get a chance to even see the video. That That's the part they've done. Yeah, about. and they've ramped it up too. Remember, it used to say, you want to skip this ad? They don't even allow you that anymore. Yeah, you You're, you're going to watch this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back, enjoy, and it's going to be entertaining. Then you do you have can... the option to opt out of the ad, though. Just so you know, when you see those, there's a little information, a little eye in the upper right-hand corner, yeah. and you can actually choose to opt out of that ad or that type of ad. So you're still going to see ads, but if you're tired of watching, you know, in my case, the new dating sites, I'm not dating anyone anymore. I'm pretty committed. So stop sending me those ads. It changes it. They still get you one way or another. I mean, I, I will from time to time, for instance, uh, watch the global news because uh, yeah. I don't always get to see it at 630, the national news. And uh, and I figure, okay, I want to skip to the part. I want to see the story about you know, James Comey, for instance, yesterday, yeah. and it's it's ten minutes into the newscast, yeah. so you figure, okay, I'm going to jump right into to the ten minute mark there. They won't let you do that. Ordinary, they, they'll play the five yes. commercials that you skipped over. You play all five <laughs> before they let you watch the news story. Yeah, it's it's controlling TV to a whole new level, isn't it? Though you're not going to get out of this. Yeah, DVR is going to be much better than YouTube in the near future. Yeah, and then you realize, by the way, because when you see it in a condensed form like that, it's the same commercial five times. <laughs> exactly. That they over would do. and over and over again. Listen, Apple uh, had their big do. Uh, this past week. Uh, and this is not the same as Steve Jobs getting up there and talking about stuff, but I mean, they've got some product stuff to talk about. You know, I, I wanted to give my my big case. There's a couple things I saw with Apple that came out that actually made me go, eh, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to, let's just call it what it is. I was extremely disappointed with Apple this year. The one thing I can tell you, and I'll summarize it for everyone, everything's getting more expensive. They come up with everything that existed <laughs> and they've upped the price. I mean, and they came up with uh, uh, some un- interesting things. So let's go over the things that were interesting. One, the Apple Watch OS. It's upgraded. It's basically a Fitbit on steroids. We talked about how the Apple Watch is going to be able to handle glucose levels and it's at a level of which it's going to, ele- it's not there yet but it's going to be able to measure sugar content for those that have diabetes and it will be able to monitor a little bit better from your sweat content and give you a little more abilities to manage those components. Number two, the HomePod. That was probably the biggest. HomePod, we've heard about Google Home. We've heard about Alexa. Now we've got the HomePod. HomePod, the thing I kind of liked about it is it's listening and speaking at the same time. So as music's playing and the qualities from what I've seen is quite superb, what I really like about it is the fact that the quality listens to the bouncing of the airwaves in the room. So if you've got a, a, a sound, a little speaker 
in the back corner and you walk to the kitchen, it actually will measure the sound waves and increase in certain angles. If you get two of them, they help complement each other. So as you're walking, you'll hear a seamless sound from one room to the other. So, and again, it's powered on Siri, which... You know, I'm not going to go there with Siri. I just scratched my head there for a moment just for everybody <laughs> to notice. So I just kind of going to step back on a moment and just kind of go, eh, come on. So that's the only one I thought was interesting. The most embarrassing thing for Apple at this last kickoff event was the Apple Pencil Case. Of all things, I actually you announced... You slag the Pencil Case? The, well, it's, it's a little... <laughs> I just, it really kind of made me go, they're not really saying this on stage, can you, are they? Can you imagine, God rest his soul, I mean, if Steve Jobs was still here. And by the way, we've got the pencil case. And it holds your pencil securely and protects it and makes your, I'm like watching this going, please. You know, first of all, he'd be rolling in his grave. He still is right now because he didn't even want the pencil. The reason he invented the iPad is because the good Lord itself gave us a finger and that's what he wanted us to do. It's actually all over uh, YouTube. If you look it up, just search for uh, our friend Steve Jobs talking about a pencil being used with the iPad. And let me tell you something. It is actually unfortunate in this case because they've got now a pencil case is an Apple product. And for $30, it's the cheapest thing you can buy from Apple right now. So anyway, I just kind of went, wow, everything got a lot more expensive and, and there's not really a lot of value out of it. You okay now? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm, right. I'm, I'm going to get off my high Deep horse. breaths. Deep <laughs> breaths, okay? Yes. Listen, we love our kids. Okay. Yes. We can't follow the kids around and take photographs of them all time all three, to, to keep those cherished memories. But there is a way to keep an idea and keep a, a record of what they've been doing all day. Well, there's yeah, this new device you stri- <laughs> you strap it on and think of it as a little uh, uh, kind of camera that kind of links like a a little clip. And it will clip to your child so when they're walking to school, they're going to the playground, it actually keeps a record. It's like holding your phone with the recorder on at all times and kind of filming your day. It's like a helmet cam. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's like a helmet cam. So at the end, you can now collect these moments of your child's activities and basically you can compile it into a video and so think of it as a you go to Canada's Wonderland or Disney and you want to like keep a little uh, reference of all this you can now record your child's daily lives and more or less be able to reference it in the future so this new device came on the market and if you're interested in it it's it's available that you can really I I don't know how to describe it but it seems really one of those do you need to record every single second you're out there doing it? But for whatever reason, this this allows you to do that. Listen, we're almost out of time, but we, we've had numerous discussions, and I know you've had feedback uh, over a number of programs over the last number of months and years, I guess, about replacing the screens on phones, and, yes. and, and iPhone in particular. Uh, it's expensive. Uh, yep. It's a pain in the butt to do. Yes. Well, what happened was Apple has also announced is that they are going to be releasing their hardware that allows for the iPhones to be fixed easily quickly. So what happens is that now... So I don't have to go to the Apple store now? Yeah, well, you, I don't, always, you take a number and, oh, I'm number eight. And, and uh, for $400, we'll fix your phone. Yeah. And so now this third-party software is going to allow other companies, third-party so- or cell phone providers, to fix your phone. Um, you know, I mean, I bought a part for an iPhone 5C from China. I mean, it was 20 bucks, 
and I was able to fix one of my phones easily. I mean, it took me a while and came with the full kit, but now this is for the newer screen. So an iPhone 7, an iPhone 6, all these are going to be able to be resolved easily and quickly. And Apple, the reason they're doing this is the right to fix rule that's going right now, or right to repair, I'm sorry, in the United States. There's a law going out that says every product sold should have the right to be fixed. And that's one of the things Apple's been sort of probably seeing that it's going to put a lot of pressure on them. Doing it before they're ordered to do it, I guess, yeah. It will be cheaper to fix your iPhone is where it's getting down to. Tech Talk, we do this every Friday at 1130. Adam Oldfield, FPM and FPM3 Marketing. Thanks, we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.